Welcome to Christian Medical and Dental Association's Chapel. We trust this message will encourage your walk with the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, I'm truly honored and blessed to be here and to see how amazing, because I've been part of GHO for many, many years. I actually met uh, the first GHO mission that I've been on was back in 2011 in Moldova. And it was, uh, it was one of those things, uh, love at first sight, uh, where I actually experienced the heart behind the mission. And I, I fought really hard for about four years to get him, three to four years to get him into Ukraine. And uh, God has a way of doing things. So I've been honored to be a host partner for GHO in Ukraine for many years. And there's not enough time in the day to share how amazing God is and what the teams have done personally for me as, as, as an individual, for my family for the Ukrainian people and for the church and the body of Christ of Ukraine. Um, I always tell um, GHO team members, because I host them at my house for dinner uh, before we go out and work, I say it's, it feels like, you know, family came to visit us. Because some of you I know, some of you I don't, but it just, you know, to have Americans in the house, it feels like, you know, family came and we can hang out and have fun. So I'm truly honored and grateful to God and to you guys for just being part of what God is doing in Ukraine. Um, I was born in Soviet Union uh, back in 2000, oh, no, not 2000, we're not going to go there. <laughs> we're not going to go there. Uh, and my parents fled Soviet Union uh, before it collapsed to California and so I grew up in California and uh, my dad is a Gideon brother and was a pastor in Soviet Union. That's one of the reasons they had to flee. Uh, but growing up in America, seeing the opportunities and chasing the American dream, I understood you don't need God. You just need to know what you're doing and run for it. And when I get old, I'll be one of the, I'll, I'll go ahead and attend the church with all the old folks. But all the young people are not going to church. So by the time I realized I was having, I got the American dream, got married, God blessed me with a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter. But at 26, I was dying because of my lavish lifestyle. And I asked God for a second chance. I asked God to give me a second chance and promised him I'll find him, dedicate my life to him, and do whatever he tells me to do. I just didn't want to die. We were going through divorce with my wife, so I said, I really don't care about my wife, but I'll do whatever it takes to save the marriage if it's up to me. But I don't want my daughter growing up without a father. And God most definitely, you know, if you come to him with an open heart, he has a, a way of doing things. And he gave me a second chance. And... Um, you know, sometimes we, we, we're willing to say and do anything to get the second chance. When we get the second chance and life goes up to be normal, we kind of forget what happened and what we said. Um, but one thing that my dad taught me, there's uh, 12 of us in the family. There's six boys and six girls. And um, so we have a huge family, and I'm the oldest boy, so a lot of responsibilities and a lot of things had to happen. And one thing that dad taught me that stick to me for life is, as a man, the only thing you have is your word. And if you don't keep your word, there's nothing, you have no value as a man because you can't even keep your word. So knowing that, you know, when I promised something to God, I knew I had to keep the end of that barking. And two years later, we, we went to church, got water baptism. I became a youth minister, a youth pastor. And, you know, I went from 180, serving the devil, and then you're serving God with all full heart. And a lot of amazing things happened. And we started going to Russia for short-term missions, and I fell in love with uh, missions. To me, it was just like, that's, that's my heart. There, you know, when you find, like, the, the, I read a book by Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life. 
if some of you haven't, that's an amazing book. It actually changed my life. But I understood that there's, God has created me for a reason, and I wanted to know what that reason was because I wanted to be that guy that loves waking up in the morning instead of hate waking up in the morning, especially Monday morning. I am that guy that loves waking up in the morning every morning. It's not easy, but I know why I do what I do, and I enjoy every bit of it. And um, with that said, uh, we were in, in Russia, and I talked to my wife. I said, hey, what do you think if we quit our careers, give up our American dream, our luxury lifestyle, and move here to Russia, work with these orphans, drug addicts, street kids, HIV-infected kids, and just, just do this full time? And she looked at me, and she said, I could see this as you. I could see you love this, and I'll support you 100%. We'll dedicate as much money as we can. We'll travel as much as I can, but I can't do this. This is not fair. I can't give up everything I love and everything I know and move here. But there was a but. She said, but if God himself tells me that this is what we need to do as a family and that's a calling on our life, I'll do it. And I said, thank you. I appreciate that. And that was 2009, January of 2009. If you guys think, uh, if you want to experience cold, visit Siberia around January. <laughs> You have to understand, I grew up in California. The coldest it ever gets is 50, and that's a disaster, national disaster. You know? It was negative 40. Well, Celsius and Fahrenheit meets at negative 40. It, I bought shoes that had negative 45 rating. The sole of the shoe cracked because it was so cold that the rubber became so stiff that it actually cracked. So, I mean, it, it was cold to the next level, and... Uh, but it was a good experience, and that's where um, God really worked on the heart. I came home, and I started praying. I said, God, I know you gave me a second chance because I'm alive. I know I promised to do whatever you tell me to do, and I feel whatever it is, I'm ready. I don't care what it is, but I want to be that man that actually commits to the promise I made. And... I was in China uh, in the end of May of 2009, and that's where God put on my heart to go to Ukraine. We never planned to go to Ukraine, didn't have any plans, didn't, have, didn't know anybody in Ukraine. But God has a way of doing things that sometimes we're not comfortable. It's just you have to trust him because that's life. You know, I always say we know God. Some of, as Christians, we know God as a God of miracles, as a God of savior, as a God of healer. All this God, but we don't know him as a father. Because if we know him as a father, we would never worry about any of that. We wouldn't even pray about it because he as a father has the best interests of us. But the fact of your will, not my will, that's the key of success in the Christian life. And if you look at Jesus, especially now coming up to Easter, Jesus was crying out in, 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 the, in the, the, the garden. And he said, if there's a way to let this cup go, if there's any other way, he knew what he was coming for to do. He had, he signed up for it. But when he actually realized what was going to happen, he said, if there's any other way, please let it be that way. I don't want to do this. I'm scared. I, I have no idea. But at the end, he said, let your will be done, not mine. Because he knew the Father. He knew it was going to be hard. He knew it was going to be horrible. But he knew the Father that whatever happens, he, he has my best interests. And that's a beautiful way of walk, walking through life. It's a beautiful way of being in a war zone in Ukraine right now. Most people think I'm the most craziest person to ever walk this planet because everybody that had any way of escaping to that country did. And I was actually in U.S. and I was supposed to be here um, that Tuesday, the 2nd or 3rd of March. 
And I, um, when the war happened, I called, I emailed a call. I don't remember. It was a disaster. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not coming. I'm going back to Ukraine. But God has a way of blessing us and protecting us supernaturally and giving favor upon favor if you actually trust him in everything and actually be in his will. It's not easy. Most people confuse the two things, being Christian and easy. Nowhere in the Bible, Christianity is easy. It's amazing, but it's a lot of hard work, a lot of hardship, a lot of fight. You have to die for yourself and live for someone else because that's what he did. We can't, you know, you can't think that you could be Jesus' follower and have a selfish, beautiful life. Well, that's not biblical. But you could have a selfless life and still have a beautiful life. And most of you have that. You know, I always say with Christian organizations, working for a Christian organization, you get the best of both worlds because you get paid to preach the gospel. You get paid to bring the good news of, you know, to the world, which is like, wow, like, you know, that's, that's, that's an accomplishment as far as I'm concerned. Some, some of you don't look at it that way, but I want to tell you that is it. And you might think, well, I'm, all I'm doing is reports, and all I'm doing is something else. Here and there, I'm answering phone calls. No, you are part of a big team that's bringing the good news of Jesus around the world. You are part of a big team that's doing amazing things. And without you, it won't be possible. You know, it's like that chain. If one link is missing, you won't have a good connection. And that's why I love Christian organizations because there's just so much more to it. There's just special anointing. And just because you're not part of going out in the missions or you're not part of saving lives and praying for miracles and you don't see it happen, and sometimes the reports don't even come back, but you are part of a big picture that God is using in a mighty way. And I could witness to that because I've I seen it firsthand in Ukraine. We've seen miracles after miracles after miracles with GHO teams coming, supernatural healings, people coming to Christ. The last GHO we did was close to Belarusian border, which was Sarney. That church started with three people. There was a crazy guy that said, I feel God's doing something, and he met me through friends and said, and kind of shared his heart, and I said, okay, I want, let's do this. I believe in this, and let's do it. Right now, I think they have 80 people in church, and it's been a little bit over two years. It's going to be two years, not two years yet. 80 people, they're serving the community. Every single person that came to the church is from, it's not a believer that just kind of hopped churches. It was from the street, and it's because of GHO. It's not because of, they were amazing guys. It's just when, when GHO comes, you, if, if some of you been to GHO trips, you know how amazing they are. If not, I, I personally invite and beg Trish to take you on one of these trips because they're supernaturally amazing. They're truly amazing because you get, you get so much more than what you could give. And you could see how amazing God is and what he could do just through. I always tell Americans is when you guys come to any foreign countries, your smiles, your craziness to come, especially to a country that's of hardship, you're the hope givers. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to say anything. You don't just be there. It speaks volume. It speaks hope because you have a choice of not coming. You're investing your money, your time to come and be the hands and feet. It's something you're doing. You could have went to Hawaii for that kind of money. Mexico, I mean, come on. The GHO trips are not cheap. There's a million ways you could have used that time and money for selfishness. But you choose to actually dedicate it and, and, and be the hands and feet. It, it's so rewarding because I've been on both sides of the fence. And as a host part, I'm always honored and I'm always blessed to have Americans come over because so much... That happens in, in, in outside of physical. 
Because the, the reports that I always get, you guys come and go, but I, I, still, I, still, I hang out with people, I talk to the locals, and especially the elders. Like One of the things that really changed my life, and, and the first GHO, um, I tried not to, um, because as a director, I try to make sure I mingle, and my badge was, would say volunteer for volunteers. Because in the former Soviet Union, they try to find the, the, the responsible person and kind of push and ask to get the, their way. So I always try to kind of mangle with the people so nobody knows who I am. But this elderly person found, figured it out that I was the guy. And she comes up to me and she's like, son, I'm 89 years old. I survived World War II. I survived communism. And I lost hope in humanity and especially in medicine. Whatever you've done here has restored hope in humanity. And I couldn't even imagine that you could put joy and medicine together. And this is what I have received. They listened to me. They cried with me. They hugged me. Son, and they gave me free medication. Can you imagine this? That was like God speaking to me. What you're doing is amazing. And keep doing it. And I couldn't do it without you guys. It's not possible to do what you guys do. I, there's just no way. It doesn't matter how hard I try. You guys just give a different dynamic to host partners to be truly the hands and feet because it's beautiful. It's truly beautiful. And I just want to encourage you and, and lift you up. Whatever you're doing, every position you have, it's not just a job. You're part of a bigger picture. You're part of hands and feet of Christ that are around the world preaching the gospel. And without you, it won't be possible. So don't think this is just, oh, another day in the paradise. It's another day for the glory of God. And every single one of you have a huge impact of all the teams that go around the world preaching the love of Jesus. So with that said, um, as most of you know, Ukraine's been going through some very difficult time. And I am very upset with this war because it, we fought for two teams a year for so many years. And we finally put it on the schedule that 22 was going to be two teams a year. And these Russians really messed it up for me. <laughs> But at the same time, I believe in the mighty God that's going to restore what was lost. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, any way I could push Trish into bringing a team into Ukraine, I'm crazy enough. I have my girls. I have three beautiful girls, 19, 12, and 9. The 19 is in the U.S., but the two little ones are in Ukraine with my wife. And I always say, if it's safe enough for my family to be in Ukraine, it's safe enough for Americans to come and, and preach the gospel of Jesus, especially now because the the need has grown dramatically. The, the desperation, the pain, the suffering has been so much. And to have Americans to come and just hug and love and speak life is just truly amazing. Um, the church is growing unbelievable. I mean, we had more people come to Christ in the last year than we had in the last 10 years. So God is doing something amazing. And it's always like that when there's a lot of pain and suffering uh, you know, God has a way of kind of pouring down his grace and his supernatural kind of healing and hope to the people, especially when you have pastors and, and chaplains that are willing to be at the front lines. I'm a law enforcement chaplain too, so I spend a lot of time traveling and helping and, and going to places that most people would not even consider. Um, I've seen things that most people will never see, and I hope we'll never see anything like this. I, I've been to Bucha. I've been to some of these horrible places where there were still bodies laying all over the streets when we pulled in. Um, a lot of pain, a lot of hatred. Um, but, you know, it's very easy to preach a sermon, love your enemies, 
when your enemy was at Starbucks in front of you ordering coffee for three minutes longer than you expect them to be. Or where somebody else does something, you know, and you're like, okay, God says love your enemies. Oh, I love you, man. But when they rape you, torture you, kill you, destroy you, take everything away from you, take your dreams, take your future away from you, it brings another aspect. I was involved in evacuating 300 teenagers that were raped, brutally raped by the Russian army. And, you know, how do you speak when they ask you, what should I do? Should I abort babies or should I keep it? How do you speak when you're pro-life? How do, what do you say? You, there's really not a whole lot. I mean, there's been times where I had to stop translating. I couldn't hear what I had to hear. I said, I can't do this. I had to walk out. We cried more in the first two months of the war than I ever did in my entire life. It's evil to the next level. You can't even imagine. I, as a human brain, you can't even process this kind of evil, what another human is capable of doing to another human. And without God, this is not even, it wouldn't be possible. And I thank God to, have, to, to be able to have millions of people around the world praying for us, praying for the country of Ukraine, because the only reason that I'm alive, the only reason we still exist as a nation is because of the body of Christ around the world praying and supporting in every way possible. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, from the Ukrainian people, for your prayers, for your support in any way you did, because the only reason we exist as a nation is because of God and the great states of America. It wouldn't be possible without the United States because of what they did and what they prepared and what they, how they helped us and continue to help. So we're truly honored to be partnered. And as an American, because I don't, I don't have Ukrainian citizenship, I'm American, but I have the both, best of both worlds. I could pull the card, Ukrainian card or American card, whenever I need to. <laughs> Um, I've been fortunate enough to learn Ukrainian language. I speak pretty fluently. If they don't pay attention, they won't even know that I'm a foreigner. But if they pay attention, they could tell I'm not, you know, I'm a foreigner. Uh, and I'm a foreigner here, so it kind of makes sense. It's like the kingdom of God. We're not from this world, so I'm not American and I'm not Ukrainian. So, you know, it's a God thing. <laughs> so, um, there's one story that I wanted to leave with you guys, how amazing our God is. And... Um, I was, uh, I'm, I was involved, uh, I'm involved with the Mar Samaritan Purse, and they've been, uh, they've been there since the beginning of the war. I think the first time we went into the country was March 1st, um, and they've been truly uh, amazing in every aspect of that word. And um, if you could imagine the train station in, outside of, it's in Lviv, which is about an hour away from the Polish border, and it's a beautiful, you know, 15th, 16th century train station. And at the same time, it's capable of handling maybe 15,000, 20,000 people in 24 hours. When we were there, it was going about 150, 200,000 people were going through it. It was one of those things, if you ever watched a World War II movie, and the trains, black and white, just thousands of people, commotion, screaming, kind of, you could feel the pain just watching the movie. Well, this was it, but fully HD and fully colored for me. Um, and they set up a clinic right at the train station to help because people are dying, people are going crazy, people are giving birth. I mean, you name it, it was happening because it was just 40 million people rose up on the 24th of February and were moving west. There is no infrastructure in the world that could handle that kind of move. Uh, usually take for, for, uh, for me to travel from my city to Lviv is about an hour and a half, hour, two hour drive. It took over eight to 10 hours to make that trip. And we're not even going to talk anything that's east. It took three, four days for people to make an eight-hour trip that usually takes. 
So one of the ladies, elderly ladies, she was making one of those trips and three days on the road, she collapsed at the bus station. So a nurse grabbed her and rushed her into this clinic and they were trying to do everything and I was actually there and I was the IV pole and they told me to squeeze that IV as hard as I can because it was a child IV so they were trying to put as much fluid as possible into her body. And Dr. Laura, she was from UK, she didn't even say anything but she looked at me and you know sometimes you feel in the spirit, you don't have to speak, you just feel it. I dropped the IV, I got on my hands, I grabbed her head and I said repeat after me. I said, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all my sin. I accept you as my personal savior. That was the last words that lady ever spoke. That was some of the most painful things that I ever had in my life, to see somebody go away in my hands. But at the same time, that was the most amazing part of my life, to see how amazing our God is. That story about Jesus and the two robbers on the cross where he said, can you remember me? This was it. Like, it was a millisecond. And God was planned to save that soul. And it's a beautiful thing because God has a way of doing miraculous things, even at the last minute of our lives. But if we're willing and if we want to be in his will, he has ways of doing things that we can't even imagine. And I'm here to witness to you that our God is great. Yes, it's very scary to be in that part of the world. You never know. You know, you got, we, here in the U.S., we, plan, we have a year plan, five-year plan, ten-year plan. In Ukraine, we have a minute plan. 10-minute plan, 15-minute plan, and if it gets great, it's about a 24-hour plan. That's as far as we could plan because you don't know when the missiles are coming. You don't know where they're coming. We know when they're coming because there's sirens. And you like, I was just talking to my wife driving up here, and the girls were, they're in school, but they were in the basement for two hours. And, you know, being in the school and spent two hours in the basement kind of, the school day is kind of gone. So, but that's where we live, and that's what we're part of. But we know that we know that we know God wants us to be there and he prepared us to be there and to be his hands and feet and to be the witness of his glorious, amazing power and what he could do because he resurrected Jesus from the grave. I know he could solve this problem in Ukraine. It's just a matter of time. People ask us, when do you think it's going to be over? I say, I don't know. It's almost 10 years now. It started back in 2014. We're just going to trust God and see what he's going to do with this. But one thing that I know, the church is growing. And there's amazing things that are happening in Ukraine. We've been able to evacuate over 30,000 people, and we stopped counting. That was in the first two, couple weeks of the war. We bought many vehicles, paid for thousands and thousands of gallons of fuel. We've been able to shelter about 2,500 people in our city. We've been able to do camps. We've been able to buy. We still deliver um, tons and tons of humanitarian aid and medicine all around the country. We're building a container city for the refugees outside of Odessa. I mean, the list just goes on how amazing our God is. And the only way that's possible is through prayer and support of people like you guys. And I'm honored to be the host of GHO in Ukraine. I, I love every bit of it. Um, I, I, I could go on and on and on on all the miracles that they have done. And, and GHO actually has been there restoring my family and helping us. You know, there's just like... God has a way when no one knows, he knows. And he'll use people that you never could even think to speak into your life and to be the voice when you have no voice. And that's been GHO in my life personally. That's been, I can't even tell you how amazing that is when you trust him. And, when you, and the only reason I trust him sometimes because I have no other way. I had, there is nothing I have. 
that's not what he wants, but that's what it is. is if you're going to trust him, he'll do amazing things. And he'll use people that you'd never even consider or even thought he could use. But he has a way of doing things that you could never take credit. We've been able to open up a uh, sewing factory, especially during the war. We sold body armor carriers for the soldiers, the chaplains, the police, the volunteers, because you've got to have some kind of protection. Uh, praise God, we haven't lost any chaplains. We have, I have lost friends um, in the war. And then we turned it into and started sewing um, jackets, winter jackets, and, and for the kids because right now the economy pretty much doesn't exist in Ukraine and people are struggling to get food. So therefore, you know, clothing and things that are not life essential, nobody gets. So we've been able to sew jackets, give job, and the heart behind opening sew factories to hire orphans and to give them chance in life because when they get out of the orphanage, they just kind of go back into their parents' step and the vicious circle never ends. So our heart is to kind of break that and to give them a chance to actually learn um, business, um, economy, marketing, sewing, management, whatever it is where we could at least one, one, you know, one life at a time. And so we've been able to sew since August till December about 800 jackets and we gave them all out to the orphans and to the uh, IDPs, uh, internally displaced kids. So thank you again for this amazing opportunity to be here to speak and share my heart with you guys. And God bless you all and continue doing what you're doing because God is getting glorified. I always tell people, you know, when one person comes to Christ, the whole heaven rejoices. That's what it says in the Bible. The angels have a party like we have no clue. Well, I always say that's enough for me to, to go home and just thank God because I had an opportunity to, to be part of the party. Same with y'all. Every time GHO or CDMA goes out and one person comes to Christ, you're part of that party in heaven. And don't let the enemy steal that from you. You're a part of a greater picture. You're a part of a greater story that you can't even think of. And I just want to thank you and encourage you. God bless you and thank you for what you do.